Missouri against the Nissan. Makes a nice move in across the line. Drops it back to Nike. Nike passes the shot. They score! Oscar Lindblom buries it. And the power play goal ties this game in two. This is episode 63 of the Liberty L. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo. As always, how are you, buddy? Doing great. It's a beautiful Saturday, third off-season episode. And we just received, honestly, a bomb. Yeah, we, I mean, this, something this is finally, right? So, Elliot Friedman comes out. And two things, two big things for mm-hmm. Elliot Friedman. Philadelphia and Jake Voracek have discussed moving on from each other. And it will be a, quote-unquote, legit attempt to move him. And the trade talks between Columbus and the Flyers have reportedly died down because Seth Jones won't commit to Philadelphia yet. All right, so let's start on the Voracek one, obviously. So the three ways that we could get rid of Voracek is either attach a pick to him and Seattle picks him. Seattle picks him straight up or we find a trade partner. And I'm cool with either way, honestly. I mean, just getting that news a couple days after the Cups even handed out is – um. It's pretty nice to hear, to be honest with you, bro. I mean, I know people have been on the timeline shouting for news and stuff like that. But, I mean, like we just said, two days after the Cup's handed out, we're already starting to get something in Flyers land. So, it's nice. To see the will be a legit attempt, it, it tells me tells me everything. Especially if they sat Voracek down and had this conversation with them. Dude. And the fact that over. it wasn't a... Uh, like an argument, like they weren't, it, it wasn't a heated exchange. Like both sides were, like both sides were agreeing in agreement. So it's it's interesting to hear that. I'm excited to see where things go with it. Um, I mean, obviously, Voracek getting that money off the, the books. We can, I mean, you can do so many things with that. Uh, I mean, you can add to the defense. You can go and get that that scoring winger that this team desperately needs. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with all that money that you could potentially get off the books. I mean, that's $8.2 million off the books, man. I mean, that's huge. This is what I was thinking about, too. The mm. type of This is what I was mentioning before the podcast. The type of personality Voracek is, and this is not a shot. He just he put, wears his heart on his sleeve. He says it how it is. There is no chance after this whole debacle he comes back next year and it's just happy-go-lucky, here to do my job, Voracek. You know what I mean? He's going well, he to come have, back bitter. After having that conversation with Chuck, temp, be, being told you're going to be left unprotected, and if you're not picked straight up by Seattle, then you, we will be looking at other ways to move you. Yeah, and if we end up keeping him and he comes back, he's not. He's going to be so disgruntled. Like I, I don't see a scenario now where he comes back and we just keep him and he's disgruntled and upset with the org. I, I just don't see it now. I think it's well, done. it's not... Well, the conversation between him and Chuck wasn't like a, a an argument. So I, it they ended the the conversation with, "Hey, this might not work out, and you might be back next year." And both sides were okay with any scenario. So I I, I don't agree with that. I, I I don't think he'd be disgruntled because, I mean, him and Chuck had a pretty good conversation. From what I heard, from what uh, Freeman said, that the conversation was both sides were in agreement, and both sides know that if things. It's hard. It's going to be hard to move that contract. Both sides are obviously both sides aren't dumb, so they know that there's a chance that at the end of the day this doesn't happen and he's back next year. So I I, I think he'll be fine next year. I mean he's paid 8.2 million dollars to come back next year. I mean it's a business, so you're paid to come back and not make it a big thing and just put your head down and work. I've so. seen him angry for less. I've seen him angry. For I know, less. but the fact that they sat down and had a conversation beforehand is good, 
and the fact that it was it's it wasn't like Voracek was like really you're doing this to me like it was both sides that's what that's what Freeman no, said. No, I'm not and I'm not saying it, it was a heated exchange. I'm saying Flyers start the season five seven and two, and every <laughs> Philadelphia Inquirer reporter is like, so the yeah. Flyers in the off season were talking about moving you. Do you think that's a move they should have done? They should have done. Oh my god, uh, dude. Oh yeah, me? definitely. I can hear that for sure. But I thought you meant like if they don't move him. This offseason, he comes in the training camp with, like, cocky little snippets to the media. Every, you know what I mean? Like, shit like that. That's what I thought you meant. Of course, like, he'll, he'll get those he'll get those kind of comments from the media if he stays and we start out 5-7-1, and one, like you said, for sure. But that's just... And it's never been about the player because we see so much being uh, made. Yeah. And I want to bring this up about, per, mm-hmm. like, his production. It's never been about his... Like, we can agree. any Our lineup minus Jake Voracek, yeah, it gets worse. Yeah, of course it gets worse. But yeah. our our cap board minus eight point two million can propel us back into a position to start winning games again. He's still a productive player. Nobody's arguing that at all. There's a reason why Seattle is thinking about taking him straight up in the expansion draft because a he I mean he would fill the cap. I mean they need to meet a cap floor eventually. I mean and then he fills a star quote unquote star kind of I mean he's marketable over there. So you can definitely market a Jake Voracek. He's a quote unquote star. He's one of the best right wingers in the league statistically. Um but yeah, it's never been about points with Voracek. It's always I mean especially now with the flat cap and how it's not going to be going anywhere for the next couple of years. You look at that 8.2 like we Danny, we said it before we hit record. If he was making 6 million dollars, he's probably getting protected. Honestly, yeah, or if we trade him, we're, we're getting, we're getting something some valuable. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, if he's making five six, five point five, there's a chance that Jake Voracek's being protected right now. We're talking, we're not even talking about this, but he's making eight point two million dollars, and in a flat cap error, with it not going anywhere anytime soon, you need. I mean, the getting that off the books is it's just going to help your team because, you, like I mentioned before, you can use it. You can go into free agency. Use it that way. I mean, you can make a trade, take on a contract. You can use it in so many different ways. I'm excited to see where this goes, man. Absolutely. And you want to touch on the Seth Jones talks being halted? Because I I haven't really seen too much freak out about it. I thought I was going to see more with the tweets that came out today. Maybe you've seen some. But no, I, I was expecting more people to be like, oh, here goes Chuck sitting on his ass again. Honestly, I mean, the, 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 the Freeman news came out today, right? Yeah, this morning. So, I mean, I just came back from work. So, now, nah, I mean, I didn't see any of the timeline reaction. But I, I feel like most people know that the Flyers are in a position where they don't have to give up a lot of assets if he's not going to sign long-term. I mean, why would you? It, I mean, it's that's terrible asset management. I mean, it doesn't take a, a genius to figure that out. I mean, you're not going to trade Phil Myers, Morgan Frost, a first-round pick, Zade Wisdom, and then – for Jones to turn around and then walk away. I understand. I mean, we talked about how Colorado was thinking about, like, making a run at him real quick to make a, a little cup run and rent him out kind of thing. That's a move that a team like Colorado can make, a team that's probably a couple moves away from making a cup run. But the Flyers are not, oh, let's go out and rent this player for an offseason away from a cup. They're just not. They need to They need stability back on the back end. They need a partner for Provorov. And if – Seth Jones isn't going to give them that stability. They're not if he's not going to give them an extension, then move on. There's there's other options. 100%. I I agree with it. I'm glad talks have stalled. I don't know if it's just Columbus trying to scare Chuck off. I mean, it's not going to hopefully it doesn't work with Chuck, but we'll see. 
Yeah, I have to agree with that sentiment 100%. Because you imagine if we gave up, like, Frost or Wisdom or one of these guys, and then he ends up not re-signing, goes to, like, Boston or some shit, and then the, one of those guys become a good player for Columbus, that, that would be... That's not like see. That's the thing with with giving up all that. I was I'm willing to give all that up if he's if he's signing an extension. But if he's not, it doesn't make sense. It's awful awful asset management. So yeah, I mean, obviously we said it before we hit record. That's not over. the The whole Seth Jones thing is is far from being done. Um, it should be heating up as the expansion gets closer. I mean, we're what set when, when's the uh, the the, the Lists have to be in in seven days. Next Saturday, the expansion lists have to be in. So we're seven days away from getting the lists and wow. just all of this stuff, man. So it's exciting. So this stuff. is this is like the calm before the storm, essentially. Yeah, like, th- this is the last seven time. Days yep. hits, it's gonna boom. Transactions, buyouts, whatever you're gonna, you're, whatever you love to see in the off season, it's about to explode after this seven days. I bet. Yeah. And yeah. and one thing about the expansion draft. The fact that the Friedman keeps mentioning, like, uh, Voracek leaving him unprotected, Seattle, like, it seems like... Is, is the Hackstall connection the layup we think it was? Because it, it, it seems like, like they think it is. Hey, I don't think it hurts. I don't think it hurts the connection. I mean, we we said it last episode. See, uh, Hackstall going to Seattle makes things ten times more interesting, man. It really does. It opened up so many avenues. And honestly... Kind of good for the Flyers that he went there. Anybody else goes to Seattle and like the possibility of Orchuk going there, I feel like it's not there. So yeah, yeah, exactly. What? So, yeah, yeah. Any other to dude? Answer your it's question. Just like Orchuk, JVR. Eh. Give me NAK. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like because it's him, he knows these guys. He knows what they bring to the locker room. But if he wants them, he's gonna get them. What other player? who statistically has the same kind of points as Voracek is going to be available in the expansion draft. Like he like, Is he the best player that's going to be, I mean, maybe not the best, but he's probably one of the best players that's going to be available for the expansion. I haven't done a lot of digging yet. I mean, obviously, I'm going to wait till the, the lists come out to make that digging a lot more easier to see who's available because, like, obviously, we're going to get some surprises around the league. We might get some surprises with the Flyers, but I'm interested to see where, like, everyone's expansions uh the protection list, see who, like, see if Vorchek is the best player that's going to be. Like, Seattle needs to meet a floor. Yeah. Seattle needs to market a star player. They need to bring actual talent in to win now. Like, they can't be a dumpster fire. Like, you need to be taking good players. And Vorchek, like we just said 10 minutes ago, Vorchek is still a good, productive offensive player. Is he an $8.2 million player? No. He's not, and I getting rid of that money right now and putting it somewhere else is 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 more important for the team right now, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just like the the time has came and gone. It feels like it feels like his time in Philly is done. I'm sure he's gonna go to Seattle, and he's gonna be a fun player. He's gonna be on a power probably on the first power play. If he's opposite a shooter on the power play, yeah, dude, he's gonna put up points. And hey, he, that's be saying fun to watch over there. That's saying if he even goes, man. I mean, we're sitting here talking about it as if it like it already happened. Like this could very well. Just I mean, he could very well be back with the Flyers next year, and we're we're just sitting here talking or, about yeah, or they just rumor. trade him to like Ottawa or something because they said if well, Calgary needs to shake work up. out, yeah, one of those. Yeah, Calgary's the team that I look at because I feel like me and you always make the uh, the funny little comment about how like the the Flames seem like the West Coast Flyers, but they do kind of seem like they're in the same kind of situation right now. I mean, they have. Goudreau, who's still a productive offensive player, who is probably going to get traded within the next couple of uh, weeks. 
I mean, they're another team that I look at. I mean, they they had goals, they had expectations, and they haven't really met them over the years. But they've had some. I mean, they have really good players over there: Hannafin, Giordano, um, Goudreau, Monahan, Kachuk. I mean, all, all these players, and they really haven't met expectations. So, Flyers, Flames—they're both kind of looking for shakeups. We'll see where that leads. Uh, if if Seattle doesn't take them, I'm really I'm hoping he finds a a partner, maybe. Maybe you call Calgary up and see if they want to make a big kind of shake-up kind of move. Yeah, because like you mentioned all the time, the flat cap era. If we want to make the moves that we need to make to put ourselves back in a position to bolster the young core and make more runs at it, it's we have to shed cap. It's never a thing of like, Voracek sucks, we want him out. It's just, it's the business. Like you said, it's the business. Yeah. I want to ask you a question real quick because you're a little bit more informative on Matt Dumma than I am. I, I've seen a lot of people on the timeline in the last couple of months want him, but I've also seen some people say that like, he's not a true number one. How do you feel about that? Like, Do you think he's a guy that can definitely be paired with Provorov and be okay there? I definitely think he could be paired with a guy like Provorov. I don't think if, – if it was no Provorov, I don't think he's the guy you can get to be the Provorov, if you know what I'm saying. But because he's the complimentary, like, 1B mm-hmm. to Provorov's 1A. How's his defensive game? Because I know he's not the biggest guy in the world, so that doesn't mean everything. But I was just I, pr- I, you know I, love, I personally him. love him. I, pr- I personally love oh, me his too. defensive he's game. He's a great player. I love player. how he clears the, the porch out. Um, and I also love his bomb of a shot that he has. Yeah. He does a really good shot. And the thing the thing with him, the reason is obviously the Chuck Fletcher connection, but more than that, for the last couple of years, there's been rumors of him being on the market. It, it feels like one of those writing on the wall kind of things. And I th- have to think with them having to sign Kaprizov, they just locked up Erickson Eck to an eight-year. I think it's, and Ryan Suter is locked into that god-awful contract that they're not going to be able to get out of. I have to think at some point he might be the casualty. That the Minnesota Wilder just Spurgeon to too, take. dude. They got Spurgeon who makes seven they five. Got, yeah, Suter exactly. makes seven five. Brodeen makes six. Dumba makes six. Yeah, I, they got a they got a ton of money wrapped up in it. I mean, they got a really good defense. Spurgeon, Suter, Brodeen, Dumba as as your as your fourth defenseman. I mean, that's pretty good. But like it you said, it makes sense, dude. It does. It that's, does that's make sense. That's just how I feel about it. Where there's smoke, there's fire. You said that with Ghost before. All the rumors over the last couple of years with him and being moved. Where there's Line smoke. A too. Line A, Dubois being unhappy over there. All that, man. We'll see where things go. I'm excited to see. Uh, I mean, two like you said, two days after the cups handed out, we're already getting news about the Flyers and I mean and Voracek. I'm liking it. I mean, like I just said, seven days away from some lists, so things are not going to be slowing down anytime soon. We might get even more information as we stop this pod. Hold on. Let, let, let me vent for a quick second. Go ahead. Because what, what you basically were just saying, he's active. Like, the biggest, like, complaint for the last, like, week or two weeks is, like, oh, live looking at Chuck Fletcher. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, just, yeah, like, all funny. these... All, all the, yeah, no, that was funny as shit. No, no, for sure. But, like, all these tweets about Chuck Fletcher not doing anything... And look at this. The cup gets handed out, and we're hearing Elliot, Elliot Freeman is talking about the Flyers every day. Every day. He's talking about them every day. He's active, man. We, like It's what we've been stressing is just be patient. Moves are coming. Uh, we always knew that. I mean, what was he going to do as the cup was still going? I mean, like, I, I, I can't tell if some of those people are, were being serious or if they were just joking. I mean, some of those memes were absolutely hilarious. Obviously, some of them were jokes, but then you get the tweets of people like every – every morning being like oh, yeah chug, chug. definitely referencing the people who were seriously like no angry. i mean it's not a ton of people but like 
you can't really like I I'm just asking myself were were they being serious or not because obviously Chuck wasn't going to be doing a ton as the season was still going on now that it's over you're already hearing rumblings um I mean we knew Nate last year that he was going I mean I, we knew last year that he was going after a defenseman and he couldn't do it I mean I I know just trying to do it isn't enough obviously but at least like we've said before he wasn't complacent with this team like he was at the, out there actively trying to find somebody and I mean all last season did was just push that envelope even more no like it just pushes him to make a move even more than it, than it probably did before because he was confident going into last year with the team that he had he thought maybe oh let's run this back they had a good pre-covid year let's blame not blame COVID completely but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt I'll run it back you guys were pretty good before that whole COVID situation happened in March but like that the season that we just endured just pushes that envelope even more no that he has to make a move Exactly. Like he stepped in and gave the team a chance. He was like, "All right, Hextall build a nice little team." That's what core. I want to I'm tell gonna, myself. I'm going to give this core a chance. They went out, they had a playoff run, so he gave them the benefit of the doubt of running it back, and they they squandered it. So it's his time to make moves, and he's going to make moves. Full 82. If he don't make moves this year, then I'm I'm right with the people who are are screaming at him. And well, listen to this, ready? Uh, actually, this is the perfect time for me to bring this up. What? I want to reference uh, Dan Silver. I want to shout out him because I actually didn't get a chance to fully listen to this Chuck Fletcher interview. So mm-hmm. he wrote down a bunch of takeaways. Got to give him a shout out for this. For sure. Takeaways from the Chuck Fletcher interview on Sirius XM NHL today. Basically, his talking points: need a quality goalie to pair with Hart. The team must defend the right way, plus be a harder team to play against. Need more from the young guys. Giroux is here as long as he wants. Didn't say anything negative about any specific players. So, dude, that's just, like, what we've been saying. Seriously. But, like, what do people want him to say? No, that's what I'm saying. I think he just hit the nail on the head with everything. Honestly, young guys definitely regressed. They need to be better. But he yeah. also acknowledges needs moves. Like, that, he said it. Yeah, I mean the, the goalie, the goalie thing. We all we all know Elliot's not going to be back. He's definitely looking for an upgrade there. He's looking for a guy that it's not going to take the number one spot, but definitely can push and take the role if Hart is hurt or back in the same kind of situation he was last year. Um, the defense, obviously. I mean, like obviously, I don't want to say the wrong thing here. The mentality, like Chuck's saying, you just, just got to defend better. I mean, like, at, cer- at certain points last year, you just saw people in, like, not bad. Like, how many times have me and you text each other and be like, it- it's, we understand the team isn't good, on, uh, as good on paper as they were last year, but it, it kind of just seems like an effort thing. Like, guys just aren't back-checking. They're kind of just, like, gliding. It was weird. And, and, and dude, it's not all dude. just they have to, we have to defend better. Because, obviously, I mean, that's just a cliche thing to say. But, like, a little bit is that like you have to just try harder like so many times last year the team was just you know what i mean you know what i'm trying to say they just it's not the, all bro, that we, we mentioned it all year the forwards were like cheating up all it was the time so like, weird players who were all year not cheating like i would see hayes at like the neutral zone when last year he was his, his ass was in the defensive zone back checking dude they look at times this year they looked like me on eishl at like three in the morning when i'm checked out i mean last like game of the night and we, i'm just uh, cheating up we know why that towards the end of the season with him, but I know what you're saying. But it's not just him, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like everyone at times. Yeah. It felt like everyone fell victim to the... It, it was like one thing would go wrong, 
while one thing was going right, like we would score some goals, but then our defense would let up some, and then the goalies would play well, but everything else just wasn't there. And then the goalies confidence was shot. Everything broke everything else. If that makes sense, the defense broke exactly. the forwards the four, and that all broke the goalies. Like it's, it was a ripple effect. But like, like for but, sure, did, did, did they miss a Proverot partner? A hundred percent. Like there's structural things that need to change with this team. Everyone is pretty in unison with that, but at the same time, just I need to see them just try harder next year. Honestly, I know that's like a really cliche thing to say, but I mean that's something my mom would say to me after like a loss in one of my hockey games. Just try harder next game, you know what I mean? But it's true. Like they just need, they just the effort needs to be there next year. Just didn't see it. Yeah, and the snarl needs to come back too. Yeah, for sure. Throw more hits. Like I, I, I don't want to be that guy, but <laughs> we need that guy. Throw more hits. Yeah, we've made. We've made jokes about throw hits, but we need to see the more of that. Yeah, like we completely lost now. that snarl. Yeah, for sure. Another interesting point he said. I mean, we already knew Giroux was here as long as he wants, but we always made mention of like the time where they're gonna have to sit Couturier and Giroux down and get both of them resigned. And me and you always had conversations like, like what would happen? Like, are they gonna mm-hmm. separate from one? What would happen? So the, to hear Giroux is here as long as he wants, I'd like to hear more. I honestly wish someone would ask him about Couture. Yeah, I know it's so early, and he ain't gonna tell you shit. You know, like, like you know what I think it might be. Uh, I feel like the the Giroux situation might just be so open and obvious to everybody that like he's not gonna go anywhere. He's not gonna be signing for anything crazy. Like he's the captain of the flyer. Like crazy shit would have to go down for him not to be here. You know what I mean? So I think him openly saying that is just I. I it doesn't hurt his camp. It doesn't hurt Giroux's camp with negotiate. You know what I mean? So I, but the Couturier thing. I, I feel like if he said anything, it might hurt negotiations. Not that, like, the Flyers want to screw Couturier over, but, like, I'm sure they're True. they're talking right now. And yeah, I, because I, I this is Couturier's, like, UFA yeah. in his late 20s deal. Like, Giroux's going to be getting his, like, end of career exactly. sticking with his team exactly. type deal. So, that, that, I mean, that's just my opinion. The, I mean, that could be completely, completely wrong, and I could just be talking out of my ass, but... That's just my yeah, guess. Yeah, if anyone actually did ask him about it, he, he'd just be like, yeah, I'm not worried about that right now. Or I'm not answering questions about that right now. Yeah, I just feel like the, the Giroux situation is just different. Like, the dude has been here his entire career. He's the captain. I like to see it, though. All these people, they got to trade Giroux, Voracek, JVR. I'm like, hmm. Danny, me and you, we always knew that it wasn't Giroux, Couturier. Like, that wasn't the core that needed to be traded. Like, Voracek was always the guy, not because of a production standpoint, I mean, maybe a little bit, but like, at the end of the day, he's always produced at a at a pretty steady pace for a right winger, and it's it's never just it's never been about production with him ever. Yeah, he's been here for nine years. That's a very what long it is. time. Like he's dude. been here for he's ran his course, and it's yeah, it's exactly he was good while he was here, and he'll be good elsewhere. But he's been here for nine years. Yep, and that's just what it is. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. This is the last thing I'm gonna say about Voracek. He's a good player. The production's always been there, but it's definitely it's time it's time to move on. But the whole like, playoff thing, the last playoffs, 2019-2020, the last time the Flyers were in the playoff, he had four goals, five assists, nine points in 15 games. Obviously, some of those games were the round robin, so take that for like take that with a grain of salt. But that was the last playoffs where Jake Voracek really really showed up. Big time. Now, I'm not taking a shot at Voracek at all, but, like, 
the last time the Flyers were in the playoffs and he had some really, really good stats was 2011-2012. He had two goals, eight assists, 10 points in 11 games, in 11 playoff games. Since then, 2013-2014, the Flyers were in the playoffs. He had two goals, two assists, four points in seven total playoff games. 2015-2016, he had one goal, zero assists, one point in six playoff games. 2017-2018, when we lost in Game 6 to the Penguins, me and you were there, Danny, the goodest flubber. You'll never forget that game ever. That series, he had zero goals, three assists, three points in six playoff games. And then I just listed the stats he had for the, the bubble playoff. So, Yeah, had a good series against Montreal, then kind of fizzled out after that. He and... did. And I'm not taking a shot at him, but like, it's time for a different... It's time for a different face. Is one of, you know what I mean? It's time for a different feel. It's time for a different kind of player in my top six. But like, yeah, at it's the time end, it's just take that eight mil out, then add like a five point five mil forward, and then like a six mil defenseman, and then combine that, get like eleven mil, and you minus that eight, and it's just like it's a, only a minus three million now to do that instead of the cap space we don't have. We'll see. We'll see where things go. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna be mad if he's back next year honestly i'm not gonna be throwing a tantrum on the timeline if i see 93 back in orange and black but at the same yeah, time well, if I would, he stays then then i would hope jvr somebody right? yeah i just want cap space so we can do some things we can make some moves we can be aggressive in free agency like if we get that cap out and then we can be players for dougie that's awesome because right now we don't have cap space we have 13 million dollars in in quote unquote cap space right now, but that's without signing any of any of our unrestricted free agents, any of our restricted free agents, a backup goalie, anything that Chuck wants to add on the offensive side, if he wants to go out there and grab a, a middle pairing defense. Like there's so many things that we haven't even done yet. And that's that that's not gonna that's gonna be a lot more than thirteen uh, thirteen million dollars. So there's moves that need to be made. We need cap space and that's probably the most obvious way of getting it is is letting Jake go. Which sucks. I mean, he's been in our <laughs> he's been in our lives for since we were eleven, dude. Honestly, not to get weird or anything, but I mean, he don't know who the fuck we are. But we've been sitting here watching hockey since I mean, with him since twenty eleven. I mean, it's been a really long time with him. Yeah, exactly. It's be weird. It, 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 you get like Wayne Simmons vibes from it, like a little you don't bit. Yeah, do it. it's just time. It's just time. But you just got you got to separate it. You got to separate it, man. The cast space is gonna be nice. It's gonna suck it, but. Once he's gone, if he's gone, or whoever's gone, and that cast base is sitting there, and then you hear that we're involved in talks for a pretty good player, and then I, I promise you that sadness will will quickly evaporate. So we'll see where things go. Honestly. Yeah, it's going to be a really eventful two weeks leading up to the draft, especially if we end up trading the pick. Like, he's far from... I see a lot of people saying, like, how come... Like, it, it seems like the only reports that are coming out is him talking to Columbus and not other teams, and I saw some people... I guarantee he's obviously talking to other teams, and That's as right. draft day approaches, those leaks are going to come out. I, I honestly think there's someone in Columbus that just leaks stuff. Because anything that involving Columbus, like snippets, leaks, they come out quick. They really do. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a, like a pretty fun offseason all around for the NHL, even though it's a flat cap. But that's gonna be yeah, dude, the expansion draft. I said it last episode. It reminds me of like NHL franchise mode fantasy draft. It, there's something like it opens really things up. fantasy about it, and it's fun. It's cool seeing players you you see on other teams for so long go to a completely new franchise and build a new team. Like like it's a video game. Like it's cool. It is cool. I'm excited. Yeah, me too, for sure. Tampa Bay. 
They won the cup. They're a freaking juggernaut dynasty absolute, in the making. Absolute powerhouse. I mean, we talked about it a while ago. They could beat you in so many different ways. I mean, we saw it. They played the exact same way in that last game in the cup, how they played in game seven against the Islanders. They just they came out. They were like, okay, we only need one goal, and then after that, we're just going to shut shit down, and that's exactly what they it's did. It's crazy. That's that's what the Islanders and Montreal do. They play that style. They Both get up, and they, they play defensive, and for them in those elimination games to just go out there, score a goal, and lock it down, that, like it's just it's such a dagger. Montreal it's, had the advantage in every series. They had the better goalie in every series until the last one. They couldn't get past Tampa. Because the only leg up they had, I mean, not the only, they, Montreal played really, really well. But the the only leg up that they had heading into that Tampa series possibly was maybe we have the better goalie. Maybe Carey Price can outshine Vasilevsky, but that's not what happened. Vasilevsky is an absolute monster. I mean, he, it's it's unfair. He has shutouts in the last five Tampa Bay Lightning oh series clinching games. No, he's incredible. Kucherov's comments... After uh, amazing, he gets the Bud Light sponsorship. But I, the, the, his comment that I love the most, and I saw a lot of Montreal fans heat it. You probably know the one. Lot. So they were so mad at the fact that he was like, "Oh, freaking Montreal act like they won the Cup final after last game." <laughs> he was like, "Their final was last series against Vegas. That was their Cup final." And I think the NHL needs that cockiness. The NHL needs star. And it's he didn't cross the line. He didn't say Nothing. anything bad, but he said something to just. Generate some buzz, generate some headlines, and especially with ESPN having stars drop and shit. Like hockey needs more of that, because next time they play the Canadians, like there's there's gonna be bad blood yeah. there. Especially if it's in Montreal, packed house. He's getting booed every time he touches the puck. People it's sit, beautiful. people sit and cry about how the NHL doesn't have any publicity, about how these players don't have any personality, about how the NHL stars are never on the cover any of of any magazines or, or, or headlines or, you know what I mean? Any, it's, and then he goes out and does this and it, it's fun. It, it makes headlines all over Twitter and people complain and, and call him classy. I mean, classless. It, it's, the dude was drunk. He just won back-to-back cups and people were mad that he was like, oh, whatever his name over there in Vegas, he forgot Flurry's name. People were all mad about that. Like, oh. Amazing. Like, it was, it was, you complain that these people, you complain that these players have no personality. You complain that the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, is the most bland personality, and he kind of is. I'll give you that. But the the second one of these players has like a a really fun moment after he wins back to back cups, you're gonna. It's it's a joke, Danny. It's such a joke, bro. It really is. Good for Kucherov. He got an endorsement with uh, Bud Light. Good for Tampa. Let them do it. Did you see Pat Maroon? Uh, not, not to change subject, but he went into a bar. One of his old buddies that used to be on, uh, I think it was a, a scout for an AHL team with Maroon while Maroon was like in the AHL and walked into the bar, his bar, and uh, let him drink from the cup. It was, a, it was a pretty cool video. Maroon, his third time walking around with the cup in a row. That's awesome. It's incredible, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, that, yeah, in a row, dude, with the Blues. That's In a row. What a run. Blues and then two good on Tampa. Him for- for picking Tampa after that, for sure. I mean, great player too. Like he, he he's, I he might have cemented himself as like that Stanley Cup run piece. Like Stanley Cup teams yeah. that are like, okay, we can make a run at the Cup this year. Let's go get Pat Maroon at the trade deadline. Like he might he 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 might have cemented himself as like that player now for the rest of his career just because exactly of what, what he, he did. Is. It's that crazy. depth player that that will show up in a clutch playoff spot. 
and score a big goal but for you. It's that exactly what one clutch player who obviously not might not be the most skilled guy who's going to put up crazy amount of points, but he will get a lot of value in trade deadline days because of just the what he brings to the table alone, just in the locker room and just it, if, fourth if, line role kind of. Like you know Farabee I mean? went to like saw because he's from like a like Syracuse area, New York. Mm-hmm. If he went to some East Coast bars and did that, and then we had like say. I don't know, someone like Couturier on the mic after the game making the comments Kucherov did. I would be running through a wall. I know, Good dude. for Tampa, dude. That's what that's I'm saying. That's awesome. Because that's, if that's one of our players saying that, we're not saying we're, – we're, we're loving it. We're eating it um, up. He didn't say anything city, wrong. The city would lo- eat that up. We would be like, fuck Montreal. Seriously. <laughs> we would. I mean, I don't like Montreal. Fuck Montreal. It is fuck Montreal, but – they had a great playoff run. You can't take that away from them. I mean, they're a young team. They're not really going anywhere. They're they're going to be back. Suzuki's a hell of a player. Caulfield's a hell of a player. It's um it's going to be fun. I mean, the the Caulfield people die down a little bit, eh, Dan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about yeah, that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we'll get right into that. So like, yeah, before the finals, every time every time the Montreal Canadiens the play, puck. there's so many tweets. Oh, Flyers drafted a nobody. Wrong pick. Up, <laughs> oh, Flyers flubbed another one. And it's like I like yeah, he he did he did look great. Dude, he's yeah, a good I, player. I he 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 might end up being a thirty goal scorer, dude. Like he's a nobody's saying that he's not a good player, but the people that are sitting and crying about Cole Caulfield yeah. need to stop. Has a couple bad games in the finals, and I haven't seen a single, single. tweet about I mean, it since. It doesn't fit their narrative, dude. Why would they talk about it? Honestly, bro. Like, come on. Like he had. In six games versus Tampa, he had three points total. He had two in game four, one in game three. He's a really good player. Like, I, I I don't want it to sound like I'm sitting here talking shit about Cole Crawford because I'm not. I mean, I made, I made a, a fucking video about him in York. I mean, they are both going to be good NHL players. My beef is just these people that are on the timeline acting like we drafted Lucas Spiza 2.0. Yeah, it's, it's the people ridiculous. who see what Caulfield's doing and immediately like since it's Caulfield's doing bias. good, what York is do what York is is bad. It's, That's basically what it is. It's what Flyers fans are best at. It's recency bias, bro. It's what they're best at doing and crying about on the timeline. It's absolutely insane. It's so annoying. Yeah. And I think like, that was Hall- dark right with it. Yeah, like let Cam York have a fucking NHL season before we judge him. I mean, am I saying right with fucking Morgan Frost? Let the kid have a fucking full season before we label him a bust or before we, you know what I mean? Like, let the kid play it. Like, let him play. He has 22 games under his belt. Let's see what he's got. Joel Faraby has 100 games under his belt already. Like, let's let let's, let, let, let these kids play. So annoying. Totally man. agree. And Frost, then, honestly, we can get into Frost a little bit now because. Not really, I think- they even get into it, that dude. Uh, I, I think you kind of just hit the nail on the head with the fact that everyone's just kind of writing him off. They're throwing him in every trade package, yet yet in the same breath they will call him injury-prone <laughs> Nick Cousins. Wait, wait, like, wait. Go- you know, my favorite, I'm sorry to cut you off. My favorite thing about Frost is everyone calls him trash. Everyone calls him like he wouldn't be able to like uh, stay in the NHL physically. And, but he's the first prospect in every trade pro, uh, every trade package to go get like a Seth Jones. Like if Morgan Frost is as bad as everyone thinks he is and everyone says he is, why is he the the finishing touch on a deal to go get Seth Jones to to persuade a team? It, it blows my mind. Exactly, and I'm not I'm not saying he's gonna be Braden Point, but like to, <laughs> to say he's injury prone when he had a freak groin tweak that allowed him to start the season with the Phantoms. He didn't get to continue his training camp and 
really uh, shine, if you will. And then he has that freak wrist bump injury. And I don't care what anyone, that's a freak injury. He, he went, it, like, it's a weird angle, bumps his wrist, it jams up against his, like, chest or whatever. It, like, that's it a freak his shoulder. injury. His, he, he, pop, he popped his shoulder blade. Like, he, he had to get shoulder blade surgery or something like that. Fucked his shoulder Freak, it, yeah, it's a freak injury is yeah. what it is. Like, that's not like... Hey, if, if Morgan Frost plays 78 games next year and he has 15 points, I'll shut the fuck up. You will not hear it from me. If he plays 80, 82 games and then he plays every game in the playoff round and he has three points in 16 playoff games, I'll shut the fuck up. But until I see this kid play games and get a full set of games under his belt, a full season of NHL hockey, I'm not, I don't want to hear any of it. Am I willing to put him in a trade to go get a Seth Jones if he's extending? Yes, 100%. Yes, I'm willing to put him in a trade to go get an actual star player on my team. But I'm not willing to give up Morgan Frost for absolutely nothing. It makes zero sense. He's still our number one prospect. He's still technically a rookie. If he plays a full 70, 80 games next year, he will be no considered a rookie. So, let's just... Let's move on before I get all mad, bro. It just It's so annoying. He's not like like you said. Like we're not saying he's gonna be Braden Point, but let's give him let's give him some time before we we're ready to call him a bust because he's a pretty good, pretty skilled NHL player. Uh, it seems like Vladimir Tarasenko is gonna be moved. That was one thing I wanted to touch a little bit on. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently he's unhappy with the Blues medical medical staff over there because he's had three uh, shoulder surgeries on the same shoulder. Back to back to back years, so that's apparently what the whole the whole thing with him is. He he doesn't want to be there because of the medical staff. He doesn't have any trust with the organization anymore, which is pretty interesting. And of course, the Bruins reached out. Yeah, I mean that's the first team I thought of, to be honest with you. Bruins and the Devils. I don't know why I thought of the Devils. Oh, I can see a Russian sniper. It feels like those guys usually end up on the Devils. Tarasenko just sounds like a devil, dude. A devil or a Detroit Red Wing? That's what it just—it just sounds like one of them. Could say I'm killing us on the power play on a Wednesday night game in Newark. For sure, I, I, he makes seven five until 2023, so it's a—they definitely got to be eating some, some of that contract to move it. So, yeah, and the Blues are reportedly sending his medical report out to all the teams. I wonder how much of—I wonder how quick he could get back to 100% and be him again, if ever. If ever, yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say, yeah, I'm it's, getting um, like Stamkos vibes, kinda. You know, Stamkos. Kind of, it, yeah, no, yeah, you're Stam- right. Stamkos a little better, like as of right now, because he's not as hurt as Tarasenko has been. But I mean, he's been really hurt himself. But I know what you mean. It's, I I kind of get the same vibe for the players, where like right now it seems like as they ease their way back in, they're gonna be like power play specialists. They're gonna use their shot, but to get their legs back fully. I have question marks. I mean, he definitely wasn't healthy this year, 100% healthy. And he had four goals, 10 assists, 14 points in 24 games. And he definitely wasn't 100%. So I think if he can get back to 100%, yeah, I, mean, I think he can still be a pretty productive player. But, again, that contract, he's not. they're not moving that without eating something. No, nobody's taking nobody's taking on that contract with the risk of what Tarasenko brings. Three shoulder surgeries in the same shoulder three years in a row. Nah. I saw a 7. lot of people bringing 5. up Robbie Fabry, and he, apparently during his time with the Blues, he was also really upset with that medical staff. Which is and, pretty um, interesting. 
Yeah, it is. And he's in Detroit still, right? Fabry. Probably, I, th- I think so, at least. Yeah. Fabry, yeah, he is. Yeah, so that's interesting. I saw a lot of Blues fans also upset. They're like, oh, you're trading franchise players in back-to-back off-seasons. That's, that's a loss. But uh, you got a cup. Shut up. <laughs> but uh, the, the Blues were also like, – like, the Blues realized where they – they were like they knew Petrangelo wasn't gonna Petrangelo wasn't coming back next year like they made moves knowing what was gonna happen you know yeah that's what happens when you win man it's not their fault not every team could be like Tampa and just exceed the cap by 18 million you can't keep everybody dude you can't keep everybody unless you're Tampa (laughs) and Nikita Kucherov has a freaking injury for the entire year well, what's your opinion on that whole situation? Because I know we talked about that like during the the like when they were versus Florida in the bar, but I don't think we really talked about it after. Um, the people who are like still hung up about it, I think they need to shut up. Like they won, like you, you just got to shut up. They oh. went out there on the ice and they won. I don't understand the people who like use that as like a way to put an asterisk on their title. As if I think like, that's. Com- yeah, I think it's, I think yeah, I think it's just completely unfair to do that. I think the we saw how good they were. They beat the Islanders in seven, beat them at their own game. They went in there against a team that shouldn't have been there and showed they shouldn't have been there. And I don't care how high against the cap they were, like that that's in the rule books. Like it, it sucks, and like I'm I'm gonna complain about it. Like I'm gonna make jokes about it, but like it's in the rule book for teams to do it. So. They didn't do anything What is wrong? there to complain about? Yeah, I mean, your team would have done the same thing. Exactly. If, if, if you're a freaking, I don't care if you're a Sharks fan, Flyers fan, Flames fan, if you were in that situation, your your board, your cabinet room, your war room would have would have told you to do the same thing. The, the, the exact same thing. So I don't, I don't understand people getting all mad about it. I really don't. And was one thing I wanted to bring out was the Vasilevsky goalie gear. Like everyone, everyone, like, oh my god, Lee needs to look in the goalie gear. He looks like a freaking unit. <laughs> this when really needs to it's be just like he's closer to the camera. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Did you bro. see his hand too? His hand looked huge. Like this needs to be investigated now. This dude's under the comments. So funny. You knew it was joke. common though. You know all that shit was common. Correct. Is there anything else you would like to touch on? Flyers related? Any big? Notable points you would like to hammer I, home? I mean, like, there's a reason why we hopped on the mic so quick with this news because it's like the only news in Flyers land. I mean, like, we're not even getting our own guy kind of talk. Like, we're not even getting like unrestricted free agent, restricted free agent talks. We're getting nothing. So, I mean, yeah. no, not really. We talked about everything that me and you have talked about off mic at least. Yeah, it, it appears now. It's like, like I said in the beginning of the episode, it's the calm before the storm. Exactly. And it's a waiting game. And I'm excited because I feel like one week from now, we're going to be waking up every day to just action. That's the way I'm going to describe action. What Like meaningful room where, smoke, where there's smoke, there's fire rumors. Like It's going to be fun. Or just straight moves. That'd be nice. Fuck a rumor. Hey, hey he did do that too. When, that one off season when he went out and got Niskanen and Braun. It felt, and Hayes even. It felt like we were just waking up and just getting that news. The, uh... The Niskanen trade, 100%. I, I remember that just happening. I was like, oh, Niskanen. I remember when it happened. I was like, oh. Forgot about Matt Niskanen. I forgot he even existed, to be honest. And they traded for Hayes' rights out of nowhere. And then nowhere. after that, obviously, the negotiations, like, there was leaks and rumors. But, but that, like, it, it's just one day. It was like Flyers slung a fifth to Winnipeg for uh, Kevin Hayes' rights. I was like, oh, okay. That's another thing I see on the timeline, Danny. People complaining about how much money the Flyers gave Kevin Hayes as if they didn't give him, like, the actual 
going rate of what the unrestricted free agent at that time was getting. Yeah, like, does it suck that he signed that deal six months before a pandemic hit? Yeah, it sucks. It's unfortunate. But that's what the yeah, market it, was. That's what yeah. the market was at. That's what a player like him was getting at that time. I mean, it's not like they. Uh, Kevin Hayes, the whole Kevin Hayes situation. I, I talked about this on Mike with you before we wrap it up. I talked this about on Mike with you before. Uh, before, I looked back and watched a little bit of the uh, playoff run that we made last year. He, he was a huge part. Like he played really well and with the Montreal series, the Islander series as well. I mean, I know we didn't win the Islander series, but people people quickly forget how good Hayes was the his first year with the Flyers. I mean, I know he dealt he had to deal with that. Uh, was it his groin? Uh, last year, um, I think it was hernia, right? It was a core muscle surgery, whatever he had. Yeah, some. But like, I'm excited to see him come back next year. We'll see if he's not. I mean, we'll see if he's at 100. percent But I'm excited for Kevin Hayes. I miss watching. Yeah, I remember last hockey. year the meme was like everyone's underpaid. Like we were so Me happy. And you with Kevin Hayes. There was no complaints that like everyone like the meme became because it was overpaid in the off season. The meme became he's underpaid. Because he was playing uh, really true up to that contract that year. But if you ask he some did. Flyers fans, Danny, every player on this team is garbage. <laughs> it's recency bias, dude. Because they have I know, I, really bad. There's year. some people, people out there that, that think we're we're so so far off. And listen, I know like we're not like a plug in place away from from a title, but to act like we're not like two to three good off season moves away from being in a comfortable playoff position in the regular season is not out out of reach. I mean, like we just saw the team. Get the, make the playoffs comfortably two years before, and if you make it a little better, I don't know how you can stri- like go away from that thinking. A lot of things need to happen we'll next year for us to be a good team, but I mean, it's not saying that it can't happen. Like Carter Hart is a huge like we can go out and make as many moves as we fucking want to, but if Carter Hart comes back next year and he isn't yeah. Carter Hart, then all this is for nothing. I mean, and if better. he's great and we make a couple good moves, dude, we could we could be second in the division. Yep. Maybe maybe keeping for first, and just like that, we're all back on the hype train. I mean, Montreal so played Montreal played really well in this in, in this playoffs. I'm not going to take anything away from that, but we just saw single handedly what a goalie can do and how a goalie can can really help you in a playoff where a goalie can't can get you. So. Not taking anything away from how Montreal played, but Gary Place was absolutely insane those first couple of fucking series. But that's all for now. We'll uh, we'll be back soon. Oh yeah, and especially if this news starts popping off this week, you're gonna hear from us. But this was episode 63 oh. of the Liberty L. Quick one. Follow us on Twitter at the Li- or on all socials at the Liberty L. Follow me on Twitter at T L Y Danny Chris at Chris Stumps. And what's up? Go floor.